Hello, Autistically Alvin, Alvin Williams, back for the second episode of Neurocast in partnership with, Neuro, with my new platform, Neuro News, the first voice in the world divergent media advocacy and activism. Straight back off the introduction episode that went out on Anchor and Spotify plat- and a few other platforms. I've met some PC that kind comments from Twitter followers Deviant Dyspraxic who I know uh, is working on a podcast they herself who own a form from what she has told me coming soon. As she also has worked with Pete Guest on uh, Dyspraxia Life and Dyspraxic Circle to create a network for dyspraxic women called uh, uh, dyspraxic circle women. You can find that community online, and she's also set up a separate from that uh, dyspraxic LGBT group that you can find on Facebook, um, and request to join now. She's also expressed a big congratulations in launching this platform, this podcast, to coincide with Indie News. Uh, something which is still in its infancy and its early days so still a bit of errors and glitches with the podcast still getting used to recording this as it's probably not as slick as it will sound hopefully within a couple more episodes uh, she's amazed with such warm and I mean, well I'm amazed with such and kind warm support She's expressed the person that I have uh, come across in recording the introduction episode, which can now stream on Spotify called Neuro News is Neuro Fest. Um, and, um, uh, and also I'm used with all the followers so far on Instagram and Twitter. You can now follow that now. And I also got a WordPress account now where I also released a blog, couple of blog series called New World Divergency on and me a couple in that series we thinking a blog on education and with uh Scarlet uh, one of the Twitter users uh, joining as a Twitter voice as in New World voice actually uh to do a series of blogs first, he's got a first run an essay, which you can now read now on Indiana Warner, was our WordPress blog. Uh, and also back to what Deviant Dyspraxic has already said, uh, well, I said credit, uh, well, I went to credit, well, me personally, I went to credit her for an interview influential role in, in creating this platform as well I created this platform but she kind of gave me the inspiration and the get go for creating this and congratulated me again on and I would like to congratulate her again on this sport and also congratulate uh support from Billy from Dyspraxic Help for You who's behind yeah as I said Dyspraxic Help for You also who's also ex- uh, started a podcast with uh, 
uh, the Dyspraxics talking about that. Uh, it's called, his uh, podcast is called Dyspraxic Help with number for you. Uh, on his podcast so far, he's had a uh, uh, Dyspraxic com- comic comedian from the America's Got Talent winner, an excellent star and uh, star guest to have on his uh, first podcast episode, John Hastings, and also on his second episode, Angus Munro, uh, singer-songwriter. Um, I would also like to end up doing a podcast collaboration with Billy in, in the near future that's yet to be discussed and he's expressed a uh, warm support f- for my podcast, congratulated me on it, so a thank you for to him. And uh, he's had an accident or injury recently, so I'd like him to wish him well on that and wish him all the best. Uh, as I said, with uh, credit and uh, belief from Dyspraxic Health when I'm just pleased to hear how much you enjoyed and liked uh, which is pleasing to hear from uh, another podcaster. You know, it's great to hear amazing comments from people listening so far. So thanks you to anyone who's listened and hopefully more can subscribe. Uh, after last week's recording of our introduction, I uh, made a blog post on a WordPress uh, explaining what was it like uh, presenting the first introduction of the podcast, saying it was slightly nerve-wracking and but rather exciting. Exciting, of course, to be able to create a platform where I can say with others about my own experiences and creating a network where you'll be able to talk to others about neurodivergent issues. I uh, actually decided you could uh, say after listening to you know, what nice comments from my subscribers and after getting up and ready to listen on, on Spotify, I describe it to myself, uh, you know, to listen back on Spotify, which I did, and I found it was quite pleasing. Normally find it quite cringeworthy to hear my own voice back, but I think I was rather comforted in a sense I'm quite proud now that I developed such a platform where I can say with others, like, like-minded others, about my own experiences for to engage and learn in such a conversation. I personally find opening about my own personal experiences, being autistic and dyspraxic in a blog series and on social media and now in a podcast is quite, in a sense, nerve-wracking because opening up about a and personal stuff isn't, as I say, isn't quite an easy feeling, but as I said, listening back, I was presently surprised with the sound, as I said, quite a few things work on, and in terms of scripting, getting used to presenting a podcast, communicating in such a way as it's different to writing a blog post or tweets, right now to be actually speaking with you. So I'm glad for your support in 
Going through the trailer never period of Lonson's podcast. Now after that introduction, I feel like it's now time to introduce the and set up the basis of this what this podcast is. Introduce you to the meat. Or if you like myself, the a vegetarian, the tofu of the podcast. What whatever you prefer. As in the introduction is I stated what I want to focus on different host of issues and subsections under the well of the term neurodivergency. Exploring what this term means, get into different definitions, dimensions and strands of such an umbrella term and write meaning term. In this episode, I want to introduce you and give you a taste of what is yet to come and what you can expect from this podcast. I'm going to do a, a section and segment called Neurodivergence CNS where, where it's you can be able to hear me chatting to like-minded neurodivergent activists, advocates and different public for people within the forum of Neurodivergence so we can be able to connect different individuals and different people working in this sector to be able to within this community have an interconnected conversation about different experiences. I will also be wanting to talk to anyone who links with the themes of the different podcast episodes and to anyone who's got like a different experience and thought on this topic. Uh, you're going to expect me to be able to pass the microphone as that's what this whole podcast is about. Giving a platform to others, expand on our divergent voices to be able to grow a platform. You are going to expect to hear a series in this podcast, a segment called Rethink, discussing the different alternative ideas for change in a post-pandemic society of what the message built back better could mean if the pro- if progressive politics could listen to us and focus on what is important in terms of change if politicians and people in power were to listen to improving services so that it can represent neurodivergent people. As I said about rethink, uh, I want to have a conversation about the different p- political and e- economic powers that uh, to re- that we can have a conversation about the things needed to re- address the ne- ableism, neurodivergence face in the so-called neurotypical world. Uh, open ahead of Nexus NF, Hollywood and Mel mayoral elections happening in Britain to have uh, talks and conversations around different political parties, uh, policies on neurodiversity and different political ideas ahead of that. We also 
um, different research happening behind the scenes in the world of city, um, different ideas of where, you know, we want to see research being heading into. We also are going to have a feature called Stimpride Showcase, where, which goes hand in hand with the new hashtag Stimpride Sunday, encouraging people to share a post on Instagram or Twitter uh, about them stimming, celebrating stim, stimming behaviours. There's going to be a brief com- uh, bit on a podcast coming up about data segment in a, like, a future coming episode about what stim pride is and what stimming is. Uh, and we're going to have a feature uh, called Me and My Interests, which I hope is going to be a, a great feature from my guests and something my guests will share as quite like a favourite feature, uh, like a place and uh, a time in a podcast where people can just info dump and say what they're interested in, and which is tend tend to be quite a big thing about, you know, people with a neurodivergent condition as it tends to be like a positive thing that can focus on certain aspect of area of interest, and. We're going to have a, also another subsection called What Is, where we're going to be breaking down different ideas and arguments which are uh, requested by your guests uh, and listeners to explain and to hopefully explain to any listener, neurocaster listener, that what it, uh, questions and queries of different jargon and uh, terms the neurodivergent language that I don't quite understand. So we could have me and my guest trying to explain it. So we're going to have different ideas what different terms means and different experiences. So we're going to be breaking down terms like stimming, uh, executive functioning, dyspraxia, and we're going to have also section of your thoughts uh, looking at the treats you sent to new news and emails sent sent in by my new squadcasters, which is the term I'm hoping I will catch on. At least in home, uh, any home. Well, on to my first guest. As well, it seems like I spent a lot of time rambling on about what this podcast is without introducing my first guest. But this uh, has been recorded in a different format. I'm expecting of uh, uh, recordings of interviews to be recorded in. We got uh, uh, in the first segment of neurodivergency in us is uh, autistic dyspraxic and she also has ADHD, is a comedic YouTuber and TikToker, Sophie Salom Lavender who will be welcoming to the podcast. The way she recorded this was uh, she sent over an MP3 audio file over to myself, pre-recorded. So what's going to happen now is as I'm going to have to like, tweak in and edit in the answers and, the, and the, uh, for the questions. So probably little time for follow-up and questions and... Hopefully, it'll sound slick and professional as I edit it in. But it's, it's kind of like 
Priyanka's thing for me, you know, to be able to talk to guests in the first place. So I thought, you know, this idea was just a bit and I thought, great idea to get used to talking to other people on a podcast. It's going to be great to have, now coming up on a podcast, somebody who's had more experience in a podcast than they themselves to, to people uh, as she has with her own podcast and she's also done stand-up comedy this is in the first time the first time she really got into youtubing and expressing her artistic self since lockdown you're going to be able to hear from her about her special interests traveling and a whole host of different stuff coming up on the podcast next is sophie salom lavender so I first asked Sophie about her experiences with lockdown and her anxiety. Let's go. So the way coronavirus has had an effect on me personally really depends on the stage of isolation that I went into. Um, I am a shielder, so I have had to try extra hard to resist the temptation to go to shops, pubs, etc. But at the beginning of lockdown, when there was a huge like change in routine, it kind of felt like overnight, everything had changed. And for a neurodiverse person, particularly for an autistic person, change can be quite anxiety-inducing. So I had a lot of anxiety at the beginning of lockdown. Certain other things as well that I really enjoyed had to stop instantly no ifs no buts they had to stop and that includes my special interests pretty much most of my special interests stopped overnight for a while i'm really into driving and i was going i was on a ball with my driving lessons i was on a roll with it um i could say i was really driven by the concept of driving and i was driving every week for an hour and a half I'm really glad that on this podcast that uh, uh, Sophie Lavender is sharing her experiences with her special interests and how the, the coronavirus has impact enjoying those special interests, as she said, about driving and photography. It just felt really cruel and it felt really mean and I, it was emotionally, it was overwhelming and other special interests as well, such as photography, had to stop, I photograph people and places, that is my thing. I occasionally do photograph products as well, but the majority of my work is working with other people and but the majority of my work is working with other people and travelling and of course with lockdown having to stay away from people and not being allowed to travel meant that my photography stopped as well and I lost gigs which was really sad and yeah it was just like all the things I really enjoyed just stopped and it was very distressing at first and so I had to find ways around that and one of the ways around that that I kind of wiggled uh, my brain into thinking about is doing something that I've always wanted to do and I've always wanted to make videos on YouTube. I didn't know what to be honest uh, for a long time I was like I really I really want to do this but I'm a bit stuck 
and I also really wanted to do it, but I didn't have the time. Before this, when I decided to interview Sophie Salam Lavender, we had a quick chat to talk about her special interests and what we could discuss on the interview. And she said that she's a stand-up comic. And what I I decided to do is, with getting her on interview, is just to get somebody on who's quite experienced in doing stuff like this. And she's got her own YouTube channel, which she started doing lockdown as she will go on to state what she has decided to do with her YouTube channel now. So I try to look at the positive things of being in isolation and being in lockdown. And one of the things that stood out was that I had the chance to do something. And I was talking to a friend about how lockdown and autism and how that's how that's impacted me and how that's impacted my friends and someone was like well why don't you do a Q&A like everybody else is doing live streams why don't you do one and I had to think about it and I think I literally um last minute was like okay right guys this Saturday ask me anything about autism about how it is being an autistic person in lockdown all that jazz uh, ask me out I'll tell you anything about my bank details. <laughs> and yeah, and some people messaged me questions beforehand, which was super helpful because it gave me time to think of how I was going to like answer them. And also it gave me a chance to research anything. I hope uh, she didn't give out her bank details. Well, it's good to hear about the uh, Q&A she's been doing. Uh, Salam Lavender, and I hope with this to do some question and answers, won't be giving out any such personal details, of course, but be great to know what type of like questions we can discuss on this podcast. And I find like Sophie Lavender, I find it's best to like give myself some time to research and prepare answers for the podcast, as I want to like be able to give myself a chance to prepare what I'm saying. that I needed to research so that I could give them the best answer possible and disclaimer though I'm not a therapist I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist or a counsellor I don't work in mental health I just really like psychology that's another special interest of mine I, I like reading about how brains work I think it's fascinating so yeah I did the Q&A and that went down really well uploaded it to YouTube because I thought well the more people it helps the better and then I just kind of thought do you know what why don't I just talk about autism stuff like people are obviously interested in hearing about what it's like being autistic and how to make things more inclusive to autistic people so why not do that and that's what I did and I definitely think it's been one of the best decisions that I've ever made and I don't think that would have happened had I'd not got into isolation and lockdown. So I guess... I think personally I can also agree with this, that I don't think this podcast and NDNE warnings would exist without the chance of uh, the lockdown and the pandemic in a weird way. It kind of gives me a chance to reflect on how we went to open up and open and actually discuss such things personal to me as my own autism and dyspraxia. The way when I think about how has going in lockdown impacted me, 
I try to think positively. Yes, a lot of things got taken away from me. Yes, it was emotionally painful. It was for the first two two months. It was hard. It was tough. Um, but on the other hand, I have saved a lot of money. <laughs> I have started doing something that I've always wanted to do, and I've made new friends through doing this as well, which is great. I, that's always a bonus. And like another kind of um, after effects of doing this, I've had like a little bit of a confidence boost because my confidence was not for a while last year because um, of like anxiety and stuff. And so I kind of feel like I'm getting back into my to my old self, which again is another huge positive. Uh, so my advice would be to anybody wondering about what they can do if they're still struggling with the coronavirus and the lockdown situation is to look at it from a different point of view. What can you get out of this new time that we have? And if you're back at work, I pray for you. Um, yeah, it's it's it it's looks like chaos out there like I said I'm I'm still trying my best to, to shield I think like I've been out to the supermarket a couple of times for essentials but when I have been out it's the energy has been chaotic so I really hope you guys are doing okay if you're if you're back at work um so yeah so would you be want to share I do find I understand what Salom Lavender is saying, you know, it gives a chance to actually f find, you know, what the positives within lockdown because, you know, like, it has been quite a hard time and I hope everybody's been okay throughout it. But, you know, it, it does give you that space and, I guess, chance to reflect and try to find such a po positives or something, you know, t to keep you motivated and... And as she also said, it gives you a chance to, you know, start new projects during a time where you've been certain and thinking about what to do with your time. You know, as she said, she lost confidence before, but now we've started her own YouTube channel. It's kind of given her confidence to open up and create her own narrative. In terms of how you are neurodivergent and these conditions, yeah, so... I was diagnosed with, originally, it was Asperger's slash ASD, and then they got rid of the Asperger's, which I'm totally fine with, because recently, in lockdown, I've been doing a lot of research on horses and stuff, so that when I do my videos, and do the tweets, and the TikToks, and things like that, I want my I want the information that I pass on to be legit. I want it to be helpful and I want it to be genuine. So I've gone away and I've researched so that I can get it right. So I'm not passing on any fake news or anything like that. And I came across the history of the word Asperger's and the history of Asperger. And yeah, that's that guy was really problematic, wasn't he? <laughs> and uh I can definitely, I definitely understand and I definitely agree with why people have stopped using the word Asperger. I've never really agreed with functioning labels anyway and I think some people used, some people being like neurotypical people in positions where they were working in mental health, you still used 
Asperger as a hierarchy of whether somebody is closer to neurotypical or further away from being neurotypical or high functioning or low functioning. So yeah, I'm 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 glad that they've dropped the the Aspie word. And it's they've created this platform like Sophie Lavender has that I went to people to extend my knowledge and further understand these conditions like autism and stuff like that to better understand for myself and to be able to find a way of communicating that to others and like Sophie Lavender said you know like when to be able to research getting knowledge from others look at the positive things of being in isolation and being in lockdown and one of the things that stood out was that I had the chance to do something and that's like for, for me personally if you're unaware of the history now is a good time to look it up because history is fascinating um, but some people still feel that Asper the word label Asperger fits them the best. So it some people see it as a thing of personal preference, but I see it as, you know, if you're aware of the history and you're aware of how it affects other people, then you have to have a think about whether it is worth still having that label. But yeah, sorry for going on a tangent. I'm I'm such I'm gone on a tangent already on this podcast in the introductions it felt like I've gone for on forever introducing this podcast before we even getting into the interview so thanks you for listening so far and we still be more to come with uh, Slom Lavender I agree with you on the pieces of uh, the term Asperger's you know like the controversy of the history of the term and that's why I kind of prefer these days to use the term autism instead of Asperger's as I understand the history, if you were to look into that, the history of the person, the condition. Pull. We still have feelings and sometimes people talk about autism and ADHD and neurodiversity as if the person who is neurodiverse is not in the room, which is like, I mean, rude, am I right? Um, but yeah, I would like it if people kind of understood that we are more alike than we are different. Yes, sometimes things can be challenging, things can be awkward and not quite on the same path, 
But we still have hearts, we still have light. And we still have feelings and autistic people, we do have empathy. That is a thing that we have, believe it or not. We do we do feel what you feel. I think the problem is, or should I say the obstacle is, that sometimes we don't always communicate the same way as neurotypical people. And maybe neurotypical people should think about how do we as autistic and ADHD and neurodiverse people communicate. As a neurodivergent myself, being autistic myself, I find empathy is not a problem as such, but I see it more as something that we can be overwhelmed by and almost as a sense in itself where we can get sensory overload from the amount of empathy and emotional input we receive in. So I think that kind of explains how we as, as well autistic that people like experience empathy different and express it different. Is that they should listen to us. Just listen to us. Listen to our stories. Listen to what we have to say. Listen to our experiences. And I think, you know, if we share stories and share experiences, only good can come out of that. My inspiration, comedy-wise, or my inspirations, comedy-wise, come from Bo Burnham, who is iconic, amazing. I I love his style of comedy. And when I first started doing stand-up, I tried to take that style and make it more my own so it's kind of like the the bow burn and blueprint as as i as i call it i also like weird al i listened to weird al a lot as a kid and that's never left me as an adult uh i also listened to like the funny songs that tenacious i mean i listened to all the tenacious d songs but also as a kid i listened to the funny tenacious d stuff and that was really good and the kind of comedy shows that have that I've watched the most growing up was the IT crowd. There was also South Park. Um, but now I really like comedies such as The Good Place, Brooklyn Nine Nine, and stuff like that. So there's a wide uh, range of different comedy styles that I really like, and in different mediums as well. So Sophie Lavendon, I really wanted to ask you about the stand-up comedy and her comedic influences. As for me personally, I'm really passionate about comedy and find it's an interest of my own. I also agree with her that Brooklyn Nine-Nine and a good place are excellent TV shows and would probably recommend them, especially uh, The Good Place, as I found it's one of the best comedies of the last 10 years. Another question I also asked Sophie Lavender is what changes you would like to see in a neurotypical world to make the world more accessible and society more accessible to neurodivergent people is understanding. I want more people to understand.
it's easy to say, oh, well, places should have this and have that. But I think the key step towards unlocking the door to lots of other ways the world can be more inclusive is to start by just understanding and seeing autism and ADHD as like, yeah, we're different, but we're not less than you. There's a famous kind of like um, quote that goes around the autism community that I really love. And it's one of the first things that I learned when I was first diagnosed autistic was that was the different, not less. And that is exactly what it is. It's different. It's not less than. And I think if more people understood us uh, in a way that's different or less, as I keep saying, then, that, like I said, it will open the door to more things being accessible because then people who are designing buildings or planning events will have autistic people in mind if they understand us properly and not go by problematic stereotypes such as Sheldon which yeah there may be one autistic person out there in the world like that but for the majority we're not like that we're it's a spectrum we are all different and it's all beautiful so yeah if people could understand more about autism and what it's like being autistic and how we see the world if I try see the world through our lens then they will start to hopefully instinctually make the right accommodations because they will know what they need to do when they're making an event or they're building a building or doing something or planning a course and things like that just a lot of understanding a lot of love and a lot of empathy towards us as well. Remember, autism, it's not a pandemic, but ableism is. So the different ways that I stim really depend on where I am and what I'm doing. When I'm at my desk and my computer, I like to swivel on my office chair. I've got like a little office chair and I like to kind of like rock side to side on it. I like to tap pens. I like to comb through my hair because it's like a sensory thing. It's soft. And when I'm out, if I'm wearing jewellery, I'll fiddle with my jewellery. I'll fiddle with my phone. I had a pop socket on my phone. And I just kept popping it in and out. It was really satisfying. I don't know why. It just was. It was incredible. It was amazing. And I, I just kept like popping it in and out to the point where the pop socket actually broke. So I need to get a new one of those for sure. So yeah, it really depends on where where I am and what I'm wearing. When I'm at home and I'm downstairs I'm away from my desk if the if if my dog is there I'll kind of like stroke the dog because stroking my my dog down calms me down uh as, as I'm sure it would do anybody if you've got a dog dogs are magic we all know this and trying to think of other ways I stim finger tapping for sure is another one but I would say the most stimming that I do is fiddling with items that I'm holding in my hand, jewellery that I'm wearing, 
And if I'm sitting on any chairs that can swivel, anything that can swivel and spin, it shall be spun. So my favorite places to travel. Now this is going to sound like the complete opposite of what you'd expect from an autistic person. But I really loved Vegas. Like, you'd think, why would an autistic person like Vegas? There's loud music, there's crowds, there's flashing lights, there's lots of vibrant colours, there is stuff going on here, there and everywhere, in every little corner of your eye. There is something flashing, buzzing, pinging going on. Like, that sounds like hell to an, to like an autistic person. Like, usually I wouldn't like that, I wouldn't have a tolerance for it. But it, something about it really appealed to my ADHD. Like, you know, it's like when you're playing Candy Crush and you've got the sound on and it's like ping, 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 woo, ping, 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 woo, 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 all the time. And it just, it, it hits that dopamine. There was something about Vegas that really hit all the dopamine spots, man. It was, it was brilliant. And yes, I really liked Vegas. I really liked going as well to Disneyland Paris. I love Disneyland. I I like to dress spooky, but really, I love Disney. I love that stuff. And I would, other places that I like as well. I'm really into cultural places. And now I've just said I like Disney and Vegas, which kind of has its own little culture within itself. It's just not like a culture that you would that would be a typical culture of a country or, or a place. But I do I do like to have like different culture. Um when I when I when I visit somewhere. I want to learn when I travel. That's the thing. I like to I like to learn as I'm travelling. And that is probably how it appeals to being autistic and my autism traits. So places that I've travelled. I think from this, I'm really getting a gist from uh, Sophie Lavender of how autism really is different for everyone and the way divergent conditions are. As she ex- expressed how when she's been to places like Vegas and Disneyland Paris, she enjoys the sensory she can off the bright lights, the loud noises, which to some on the only who have autism or are autistic even, uh, you can find quite a challenge. So it just goes to show how different experiences are different for others. Being autistic and my autism traits. So places that I've travelled, which have been brilliant. Berlin was incredible. I learned so much about history during the trip to Berlin. I went with my history class, of course. So it was packed with museum trips, tours, learning all sorts of stuff about the past. It was incredible. And I also really liked going to Barcelona, which I went with my Spanish class. And that was there to learn about Spanish lifestyle, Spanish culture, the history as well of Barcelona, the architecture, the art stuff, because the art kids went as well. I also really liked going over to Greece. I'm kind of just rabbiting on about all the different places I've been. But yeah, you get the idea. I like to go somewhere that really makes me 
thing, but it's also really fun. And so I love city breaks. Countryside breaks, not too sure. I did those as a kid, but we always travelled into towns and cities to explore. So I don't know whether that still counts. But I really like, I like city breaks. I like to be, when I'm on holiday, I want to be busy. When I'm traveling, I want to be busy. I want to be learning. I want to have, I want to have all the stuff going off all at once. Yeah, I'm tired at the end of the day. I'm knackered, but it's fun. I find that fun. And my my autism card may have been like revoked for saying that I, I like to have everything in my face when I travel like when I'm at home I like I like being kind of at a distance in the quiet in my own little cave but when I'm out with the intention of exploring I want everything I I want it all it's brilliant so yeah to kind of segue into the future of my vlogs when I am able to get out and about again there are lots of things currently being planned to talk about travel whilst being autistic that is definitely something that I want to go down and I want to kind of use my experience of being an avid traveler world explorer wonderlust wonder wonderer and to talk about travel whilst being neurodiverse how to make accommodations for yourself when traveling but also how to find accommodations when traveling such as when you go to Disney you can get like last time I went it was 2014 so that's about six years ago but back then when I went to Disneyland Paris you could get like a green card or like a green piece of paper thing and you showed it to a cast member and that would get you straight onto the rides without queuing which is amazing can't we can't lie about that um as we, we, we got to share those tips i know some of you guys might be off to, to disneyland paris now that it's reopened and you might be thinking well what is that well there's definitely that so you should definitely go <laughs> go get that sorted out and yes, I kind of want to share my knowledge and share about what you can do to make traveling fun, immersive and exciting when you're neurodiverse and what accommodations you can have for yourself, what accommodations you can find when you're going out there. And also another thing as well that I want to touch on is like when you're traveling, how to have a backup plan for when you have a meltdown. Like... I know Vegas is overwhelming, but I had a backup plan and my plan was that if I felt overwhelmed, that to go somewhere and sit down where it was quiet. And yes, there are such a thing as a quiet place in Vegas. Those are usually the Starbucks, the coffee places, and also... It depends on when you are going. I went during October. I went during early October and it was quiet. I was able to sit in the top floor of the Hard Rock Cafe um, in a booth and there was like nobody else around me for like 10 metres. It was wonderful and I got to still people watch and 
see everything that was going on so yeah I definitely think that there's little things like that are definitely worth showing because they could really make a huge difference to somebody's trip and that is something that I definitely want to do a series on with my vlogs. I find that uh, Slum Lavender has had some excellent tips and personal experiences from when she's been travelling herself, something that you will be addressing in the future YouTube videos when she's be able to travel again, which are quite typical for the neurodivergence, pe autistic people or people with ADHD who are travelling window and look at sharks and I, I like sharks there's quite a few other people on spectrum I know who like sharks so we are the shark fam <laughs> so yeah and sensory experience let me think I know when I went to Disney Paris the roller coasters are brilliant and but there's two types of sensory things with being autistic and ADHD and neurodiverse and I think those can overlap. You, you're never always completely one or the other. It definitely does depend on where you are and the situation that you're in. But I am, when I go traveling, I am a sensory seeking person. Whereas where I'm at home, I'm kind of like a non sensory seeking person, sensory fleeing person. But when I'm in sensory seeking mode and I'm traveling, I like things like going on rides watching shows I love theatre I've always been a big theatre supporter theatre growing up really helped me as an autistic person kind of learn how to socialize how to read facial expressions how to do facial expressions so like I don't feel like I'm masking sometimes it just it it started to become natural to do facial expressions because of going to theatre a lot as a kid and being in theatre groups all the time as a kid that's a different tangent <laughs> sorry but yes yeah, so I like watching shows I like going on rides I like immersive stuff one really good thing that was really engaging was in Vegas I did the CSI experience where you had to be a detective and solve a crime Really, you're only supposed to solve one crime. You pay to solve one crime, but I went round them all <laughs> because I was like, "This is so fun! I'm a detective!" <laughs> I went mad, and I got like my fingerprints done, and I got a hat, and it was great. So really immersive stuff, stuff that's all in in your face. Yeah, I like that. So, with the last question that I asked. Uh, Slum Lavender, it was when from sent, sent in from an Instagram story I did, asking people for que questions to ask in this week's podcast. Remember that for future podcasts, you'll be able to send in your own questions and I'll be able to get through this in a question answer style.
would like to say huge thanks you to our first guest, Sophie Lavender, for coming on and talk, talking so optimistically about her experiences throughout the pandemic, her special interests, and the whole idea of thinking that people are becoming more able to listen to autistic and neurodivergent people through the means of what we say in blog posts, YouTube channels and podcasts. Just a final bit to wrap up. Coming shortly, you're going to have expect more episodes looking at different aspects of neurodiversity under the umbrella term. So I'm planning to do different episodes on chronic illnesses and self-care, different umbrella strands of the condi- of neurodivergent conditions and people will, can relate to with no, neurodivergencies. Feel free to submit your questions to us via email or, or find in our social channels ND News on Instagram and Twitter and on Facebook. Find us there, like us, subscribe and look out for our content and our WordPress. And we're going to have a content list of what we would discuss in our WordPress to give a brief summary of the podcast, like a transcript, and if that's more accessible to you. And also, feel free, if you're a sensory seeker and a stimmer, to get involved in the hashtag Sunday, which is happening every Sunday, a different time, a different schedule in a week so people who are stimmers can celebrate stimming behaviors we're gonna have a like a bit more on that in future episodes as a part of the stimpied showcase that you'll be able to find on the new news website wordpress and thanks you to news broadcasters for listening and listen out for future episodes subscribe now on spotify and remember to give us a review or share this to your friends or wherever so they can become the worst broadcasters get involved if you have any future ideas for the podcast great hear you next time